being here. We, we like having guests here. And, but tonight is, is special, I want to say. Uh, tonight, let us continue to remember the lives that were lost back in uh, 2001. The families of these lives were changed forever. So tonight, during our prayer, let's remember uh, all the lives that have been affected by that. Uh, as with all of our community uh, commission meetings, we start with a prayer first. And tonight, I call on uh, Mayor Fulton Thompson. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, on such a night as tonight, I, uh, I like to put the prayer to excellence. So uh, I'll, I'll ask Pastor Young if he would please lead us in prayer tonight and be graciously accepted. Pastor Young, if you would please. Can you all of you wouldn't mind standing? Eternal Father, we thank you for life, health, and a reasonable portion of strength as we reflect and remember that tragic moment in our lives on September 11th. We keep all of the families that have been impacted in believe and pray. We keep our city in believe and pray. We ask God in this meeting that you have your way in this place, and when we leave, we'll be better in Jesus' name. Amen. adjusting to new seats up here, so if you see us moving around, <laughs> we're trying to adjust to our new seats up here. Okay. Uh, will the clerk please call the roll? Mayor Stevenson? Here. Commissioner Cochran? Bojo? Here. Beeman? Here. Dawes? Here. Quick? Here. Askew? Here. Collins? Here. McDaniel? Here. Thank you, sir. Okay, I trust that each of you have had a chance to look at our August 28, 23 uh, minutes of our last meeting, and there were no additions or corrections, and they will stand approved by common consent. Tonight, we do have uh, two proclamations, and our first proclamation is Constitution Week. I'm going to call on Commissioner Dawson. If you're here tonight to accept that, will you please come up to the front? Thank you. Mary Hammer. Olivia Haywood. Cameron Abney. Lisa Sebud. Whereas the Constitution of the United States of America, the guardian of our liberties, embodies the principles of limited government in a republic dedicated to rule by law, and whereas September 17th, 2023 marks the 236th anniversary of the framing of the Constitution of the United States of America by Constitutional Convention, and whereas it is fitting and proper to accord official recognition to this magnificent document and its memorable anniversary and to the patriotic celebrations which we'll, we will commemorate 
And whereas public law 915 guarantees the issuing of a proclamation each year by the President of the United States of America designating September 17th through the 23rd as Constitution Week. Now, I'll just my favorite part. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the Rome City Commission and the Floyd County Board of Commissioners do hereby proclaim the week of September 17th through the 23rd as Constitution Week. And this is sealed with the official Rome seal and signed by our Rome Mayor Sunday Stevenson. Congratulations. We are always uh, very appreciative of the City of Rome and the City Council having us uh, each year and declaring this proclamation for us. Um, our mission as Daughters of the American Revolution is education, patriotism, and historic preservation, and we always Appreciate your support with this mission of ours. Okay, our next proclamation is Rebecca Blaylock Day, and I'm going to call on Commissioner Bonnie Askew. And if you're here to receive that, would you please? Before I start this proclamation, I'd like to make this statement. When I was a sophomore or junior in high school, as part of a summer works program, I had the privilege to work and assist the teachers at Rebecca Blaylock Nursery. So this is an extreme honor for me to, uh, to do this proclamation. City of Rome, Georgia, proclamation. Whereas Rebecca Ellington Blaylock was born September 13, 1914 in Rome, Georgia, and whereas Rebecca Blaylock earned her associate degree from the State Teachers and Agricultural College in Forsyth, Georgia in 1933. She earned her bachelor's degree in 1935 from the Hampton Institute, which is now Hampton University in Hampton, Virginia. After graduating from the Hampton Institute, Rebecca Blaylock began her teaching career as a third grade teacher at the East Rome Colored School located on East 12th Street. And whereas due to segregation laws being in effect, Re Rebecca Blaylock was determined to help Rome's black community by establishing the first nursery school in Rome for black children. The Rome nursery was located in the basement of the Ebenezer Presbyterian Church on West First Street at Smith Street. It was a second school for children whose mothers worked full time and did not have anywhere to enroll them. And whereas Rebecca Blaylock secured federal funding through the Works Progress Administration, which was better known as the WPA, she also went door to door collecting equipment and furnishing donations such as clothing, toys, cooking utensils, desks, and chairs. She also received support in equipping the nursery from local citizens, churches, and social clubs. And whereas Rebecca, Rebecca Blaylock passed away on April 27, 1936, from pneumonia at the age of 21. She did a lot in her years. Soon after her passing, the Rome Nursery was renamed the Rebecca Blaylock Nursery to honor her legacy. And 
whereas over the years, the Rebecca Blaylock Nursery has had two locations and is currently located in West Rome on Graham Street near the Vision Street, formerly the Graham Street Elementary School building. The nursery has been in operation for 89 years. It schools children ages six weeks to 12 years of age with daycare, pre-K, and after-school programs available. It provides a comprehensive program for children from private homes and handicapped homes, which include a variety of socioeconomic incomes. And now for, therefore be it resolved, that on behalf of the Rome City Commission, our Mayor Sunday Stevenson, who's mayor of the city of Rome, do hereby proclaim Wednesday, September 13th, 2023, as Rebecca Blaylock Day, in honor of her legacy that continuously encourages, guides, and supports the well-being of our community, giving her hand and seal this 11th day of September in the year of our Lord, 2023. Rebecca Blaylock, thanks you. We appreciate your support. Thank you all, and thank you all for what you do for our children. Okay, we appreciate it. So. Okay, we have tonight, we have several guests, and when I call you now, you'll have up to three minutes to go to the, the podium. Please give us your name and your address. And our first uh, guest tonight is Mr. Ken Wright. My name's Ken Wright, PO Box 324, Silver Creek, Georgia. Proposed tonight is $120 million in bonds to build a Rome Middle School. The ultimate goal should be educating students within the city of Rome to their maximum potential. The secondary goal should be to realize this while having the least negative impact on taxpayers. Currently, Rome City Schools represents an inadequate school system. Simply look at the comparison between Rome City Schools and Floyd County Schools. Based on the state's Georgia milestone performance, Rome City Schools performs worse than Floyd County Schools in every subject matter. Does the age or cost of the new building change the outcome of students' performance? Armergy High School is the oldest high school building in Floyd County, yet Armergy High School outperformed Rome High School in every single subject. Truly, this affirms that educational attainment is contingent upon the quality of instruction, not the age nor cost of the building in which this education occurs. Pepperell High School was built for approximately $30 million, Coosa High School for $32 million. To even entertain the thought of $120 million, in bonds for a middle school is ludicrous and irresponsible. $120 million could provide individual tutors for every student for the next 30 years at the middle school. With Floyd County Schools obviously much more responsible and adept at managing construction schools, it truly may be the time for Floyd County Schools to absorb Rome City Schools. These documents tonight state taxes may be raised with no limitation in rate nor amount and that this agreement is in effect for up to 50 years. This agreement denotes only a Rome Middle School for use of these funds. So when other schools need money, are we going to purchase even more bonds and raise taxes even more? Have we reviewed other options than a new building? Have we looked at trailers to accommodate students? Have we looked at a different site for the building? Have you received at least three quotes from contractors to build the facility? The document tonight authorizes the mayor to negotiate terms and execute and deliver on behalf of the city. Without knowing all the future mayors that this will serve this community during this agreement, do you not agree this is poor planning? It also states that this agreement is being approved without the threat of litigation. So let me be clear on this. If Bill Collins cast a vote on these agreements or the bonds, you are absolutely under the threat of litigation. Bill Collins has a blatant conflict of interest with these issues as his wife serves as the chair of the Rome City Board of Education. 
the husband voting to approve bonds and agreements that benefit his wife and her position as the chair of the school board is an unequivocal and blatant conflict of interest. Therefore, it will be up to the courts over the next year's pending litigation to determine if this conflict of interest invalidates these agreements. Granted, I expect not a single conservative commissioner to vote in favor of this. I also expect Mark Cocker not to vote in favor. He's extremely intelligent. Further, I doubt a financial advisor like Jamie Doss could ever approve of placing an unlimited tax burden on citizens for an undetermined period of time. Jamie would have to advise all residents, businesses, and industry within Rome to move outside the city limits while they're still able to sell before the taxes begin increasing exponentially. We have a fiduciary responsibility to act responsibly with taxpayers' money. Rome City is writing checks on the taxpayers' checkbook. It's time that taxpayers close this checking account. With construction costs declining, there is no harm in taking a pause and making this decision. Let's put together a task force which includes citizens to research and provide no less than three alternatives to the Rome Middle School. There is no hurry and no reason to make this decision today. Due diligence for other alternatives has not been performed on this issue to result in the best solution. Don't make taxpayers suffer for years to come because you weren't willing to take an extra 90 days to come up with a better solution. People voted on an e-loss as a 1% tax increase for a limited four to five year period with the proceeds going toward kids. In reality, this what the documents tonight state, this is gonna be an unlimited tax increase for up to 50 years with the proceeds going toward one middle school. Thank you. Okay, I'm next, Mr. Kevin Brown, Reverend Brown, if you will, give us, give us your name and your address and you have up to three minutes, so. Good evening, my name is uh, Reverend Kevin Brown. I'm the pastor at Bryant Chapel Missionary Baptist Church at 24 Shady Lane. Um, back on April the 9th of this year, uh, we gathered here uh, before each of you um, for a simple ask, and that was to just receive what 99.7% of the rest of the communities in Rome City has, and that's just uh, sewage service for Chulio Hill and the Chulio Hills project. Um, at that time, we were told that the city didn't have any funds to take on the project, but the city had the money. So therefore, uh, we were coerced into accepting being placed on the splash uh, fund list, which uh, when it came time for the um, splash fund allocation, course we were not put on that list as well simply because there was nobody uh, from the city willing to step up and uh, vouch for uh, us being placed on the list uh, so therefore we still had to go without the sewage service out in uh, Chulio Hill. Uh, since that time April the 9th of this year there's been some new developments we've discovered that the city has been awarded by way of a lawsuit 100 to $200 million. So therefore, cost is <coughs> not the problem anymore. So what we're expecting tonight is for uh, each of you to um, uh, vote in favor of providing us with the same service that every other taxpaying community in the city of Rome already have. And uh, if you all are not able to vote in favor tonight, us with the service, then uh, I think we would we would um, need to know and understand why uh, that is the case. Uh, we also understand that um, there was a decision to go past Chulio Hills on Out 411 to uh, 
to do a, um, a sewer project for uh, land that has not been purchased, has not been developed. Uh, nobody, of course, lives there, but there was $4 million allocated for that particular project. So how is it that Chulio Hills, which you have citizens and residents that have been paying taxes for 40 years, not able to be on sewer, and then you go past Chulio Hills out 411 and uh, approve funding for what's going to potentially be, or uh, as it stands now, uh, vacant property. So the only thing we're asking tonight is for board members to do the right thing and since we uh, have went the water sewer department route we've also went the splash fund route and since we've been denied in Reverend all Brown, of those I hate to, but you're three minutes up sir yeah, okay thank you okay, but thank you. tonight we hope that there could be a vote to let us know uh, who we'll be voting for in November Miss Janice Singleton Same thing, Ms. Singleton, if you give us your name and your address, and you have up to three minutes. Well, good evening to everyone. I am Janice Singleton. I reside at 41 Honeysuckle Ridge Road, Southeast Rome, Georgia, in the Chulio Hills District, where I have lived for the past 53 years. With my mother, who lived there for 48 years before she passed in 2018. I stand to speak to this great board of elected officials on behalf of my community. In 1971, my mother purchased a house and property as a proud first time homeowner. She was always seeking to do what was better and best for our community. She wanted the best for the neighborhood and the other members of the community as well. So along with others, my mother and I always attended uh, meetings with our neighbors, our city commissioners, and our manager, city manager, to make, as we say, Chulio Hills a nice place to live. At some of those meetings, we were encouraged to annex into the city, into the, uh, to receive those services to uh, connect, uh, to improve our neighborhood, to connect with some of these services. Uh, sewer was one of them, street lights, some widening and paving of the road, uh, rail on the top of the hill. Um, but since that time, Many of our neighbors have passed on, including my mother, who died, not, did not live to see many of the promises fulfilled. The promise of sewer lines to take off, to take us off of septic tank services. So many of our neighbors and homeowners are having trouble with their septic services. This is an excellent time for this board to honor and grant access to our community to sewer lines as they go down the 411 highway. 
You see, many of those residents who have passed on, they willed or passed their homes and property to other family members. I received the home and property where I live with my mother for 53 years. It is in my plans to pass that property on to another family member in my passing. Truly, I don't want that person to inherit the same thing that I did, the same thing that my mother did with sewer lines and having to have those systems drained and dug up. As a taxpayer, I request a vote from this commission tonight to do the most honorable thing and to give your vote to include Chulio Hills in the sewer lines coming down 411. Thank you. Next guest, Mr. Ron Willis. Mr. Willis, if you will, give us your name and address, and you also have up to three minutes. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Ron Willis, and I reside at Five Mockingbird Circle in Chulio Hills. Um, first of all, with this being September 11, I would like to remember those who lost their lives, you know, for this wonderful, excellent country. And I'm thankful for those who serve on our city commission as well, and the other employees that serve in the capacity to keep us all safe and secure. Uh, like I said, I live in Two Little Hill Subdivision, which was developed in 1962. 61 years ago, I actually built my home there in 1994, and we've been there 29 years. And it's hard to believe that the sewer services has yet to be extended to this historic community of hardworking taxpayers, civil, public servants, past, present, business owners, educators, first responders, ministers, many veterans all to whom all serve and given themselves and resources to this city and country. They are veterans practically on every street in our neighborhood. I have a veteran on the left of me. I have a veteran on the right of me. I have a veteran that live behind me. Often uh, people tell veterans, first responders, or the people who serve, thank you for your service. Well, I really appreciate that. But as, as, as a well-known educator and author and businessman by the name of Dr. Stephen R. Convage, who said, what you do has far greater impact than what you say. I have receipts dating back 29 years from having the ground dug up field lines installed, my septic tank pump. We've had to install so many feet of field line due to drainage and sewer issues, water, sewage, overload, and overflow. And I brought a folder here with all those receipts as well as I just had my septic tank pump in May. And every time they come pump it, it's $500. It was almost $3,000 to add exactly 196 feet of field line down the side of my yard, across the back of my yard, back up the side of my yard. And all of this is just because we don't have sewage. 
When we put that house there in 1994, my builder actually told us that you're going to have to have a 150 feet field line in the front because you're going to have sewage drainage issues. And he was right. We continue to this day to have that. And my neighbors actually have to do the same. In fact, this has been a rainy year, so I've seen the septic tank truck out there at least five or seven times this year alone. Let us all take into account that what we do has far greater impact than what we say. And with that being said, we the Chulio Hill subdivision requested our city commissioners be proactive in actually do, taking a vote and doing a vote to get us on the sewer line system and get us connected in our neighborhood. And we as citizens will continue to be proactive and serve our great city and community. Thank you all. Thank you. Our next registered guest is Mr. Willie Burdett. Burdett, okay, if you would give us your name and your, your address. You also have up to three minutes, sir. My name is Willie Burdett, Jr. And I'm here tonight to cash a check that has been coming back for 62 years insufficient funds. <laughs> and uh, uh, talk about my experience with the sub, uh, <clears throat> with the sewage. The first time I had somebody out there uh, for sewage, it cost me $350. The last time I had somebody, it was $750. And one thing I learned right quick, living out in Chudio Hill, you better have some cash money or a good credit card, and a credit card that won't beep. <laughs> As a Rome citizen, I feel paying taxes all these years that we are due this. I don't know what the problem is, but they say you have the funds. So this check been coming back for 62 years, and I asked you tonight to cash it. Will you cash this check? And I ain't be polite. I said, please cash this check. <laughs> Will you please cash this check? You know, if I was on the commissioner, I'd be shamed. I'd be shamed, man. Look, come on now. We go around Rome, you look around Rome, talk about being real pretty, and you got people living in the back eight. No, no sewage. What's the problem? You know? So I'm going to close and say, please cash this check. Please cash this check. Thank you. Thank you. Our next uh, registered guest is Bishop Pete Smith. Bishop, if you will. Also, give us your name and your address. You have up to three minutes. Yes. Pastor Pete. mention the great clergy because they make a great impact not only in Trio Hill 
but in the city of Pasadena with that congregation. So thank you, Madam Chairman, for your time. I just want to give a quick And I put emphasis on that because my mother passed away three years ago. She happened to be a great businesswoman in this city. She had, happened to be an outstanding pastor in this city. She asked me a question about three weeks before she passed away because I was having septic tank pumped out for her. She said, what happened to this sister? And we promised. I think I know everything. Now, I know you want to plan for future commerce to the city. And that's good, great, good. I happen to be a businesswoman, so a pastor myself, and a planner. Uh, but I never make plans at the expense of my core supporters. I recognize our church uh, and in my business that we are where we are because of people that's been stable in our lives. And the people that you are here have been stable. We were the third family to move out into your hills about 59 years ago. And how my mother posed the question to me such as that was devastating. So I, I, I say I know that you're looking out for newcomers and new businesses coming in. But I, I want to ask you if it's true, and the newspaper says, so I, I have to accept that. Not 100, 200 million, but it said that we sell it for 159. That's what, that's what they said, 159 million, and the cost is for the plant hasn't changed. It's still on 100 million. 59 million left. What about you, your heels? Let me end this right quick by say, simply saying this: election is coming up. It's coming up, and we want to know which commissioner does not support our efforts to get what we were promised, what we deserve, and what is right. Madam Chairperson, I say to you, we do not want this to go back to a committee. We want tonight for you to call a vote so we will know who will support it, so we'll know what actions to take and speak. Thank you. Thank you. Madam Mayor, yes, sir. these people have made their feelings known. I move that we direct the city manager to find the money to give these people what they need. I make a motion that we find the money to provide sewer lines to Tulio Hills. We have a motion on the floor. Second. Okay, and a second for the city manager to find money to put uh, sewage to Chulio Hills. We have a, a motion and a second. Any discussion? On my right. <clears throat> Madam Mayor, we've discussed this before, and anybody that owns property <laughs> in Chulio Hills needs to recuse himself on this vote. Is that correct? That's correct. It's your turn. 
I think that's correct. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Any other discussion? I'll go first. Um, I, I, I find it difficult to believe that we would willingly run $4 million worth of a sewage pump that could possibly serve six toilets in a warehouse distribution center that's not even in the city, but not spend three to $4 million to give citizens who have been promised sewer for 40 years, who have been paying taxes for 40 years. And anyone who spent any time with me on this commission knows that it, sewer is vital for a city's growth. And I don't believe it just should be in Tulio Hills. I should be, I think we should be looking at this on every new subdivision. But for 40 years, y'all have waited. And how dare we try to run $4 million worth of sewage to a county property that nobody can tie into from the point where the pump station is all the way out to a possible warehouse distribution center that has three toilets that we're going to spend $4 million doing that, yet we neglect you. I'm, I'm sorry that it's gone this long. I don't think it's right. Um, I don't know if we'll have the vote to do that tonight, but uh, you were made a promise, and I believe in keeping promises. Any other discussion from my left? I have a question, Mr. Mayor. I see no discussion again. So, thank you, Madam Mayor. Just just wanted to clarify the motion, uh, I think it was Commissioner Askew. So the motion is to instruct the city manager to find the funds to install, which I'm super clear on that. Yes. The other piece of the equation that we've talked about, at least I know we've talked about this a good bit in Water and Sewer Committee, when the city goes out and runs sewer to make it available to a community, what we do is the sewer would be installed in the adjacent right-of-way. The property owner then would be required to purchase or to in, in, enlist the help of a professional plumber to install the sewer. There was, there's an $1,800 water and sewer tap fee. I think that, that number might have changed since our last rates, but roughly $1,800. And then there's the recurring monthly fee. So I just want to make sure that we're on the same the same page of what exactly we're asking to be provided so that everybody's clear and there's no surprises later. I think these residents have, are, have been informed of that and they know the cost that, that's associated with them connecting to the, uh, to the line. They simply want the opportunity to get that done. Gotcha. So we're talking install the sewer main service. Um, yes. Making sure I'm clear. Thank you. Yes, Madam Mayor, if I may. Go I'll ahead. Go ahead, Commissioner Dahl. So, so uh, my question is, um, how many of the residents are going to connect? Because you can talk about cost and we can talk about running the line, but if you have just a few to connect, um, we're spending a lot of money for just a few customers. They're here, ask them. Those of you who live in the Chulio Hills community who would connect, please stand. Oh, did you want to come to the podium first so we can, yeah. Okay. I heard the two remarks, Mr. Rich. Yes, sir. So 
probably think after 40 years, if you will multiply the taxes from the residents after 40 years, I would think you would even consider waiving the connection fees. You're using that as an obstacle to block them from wanting to participate. Why can't you write that off? The money's there. Uh, tell me what are you going to do with the other 59 million? We like to see it where we get sewage lines out there and we can't be able to tap it in. That's it. Commissioner Collins. If I could just ask one more question. You can, you can go back to Commissioner Collins. That's Thank you, Madam Mayor. Yeah. I, I would just like to say that the, I think Commissioner McDaniel made the statement about if you have an interest out there in Cheerio Hills, you cannot participate in this here, which is absolutely right. But to answer some of the <laughs> talk that I've heard about conflict interest, et cetera, you must know that Rome has some of the best attorneys that you ever see. One of them is standing right over there, or sitting right over there. And you've got to know that us commissioners have the opportunity to consult with them to see when we're in conflict and when we're not. So it shouldn't be a question. That's why I don't plan to vote in this here situation with having an interest out there. But I just want to clear up the, the cloud that's in the air. We have some of the best attorneys, and we consult with them. And they share with us where we can vote, what we can vote on, et cetera. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Commissioner McDaniel. <coughs> Let me ask Commissioner Askew. Um, if we do this, it's going to open the door for any community, any developer to come forward and say, you did it there. Why not do it for me? Can you explain that to me? Well, first off, it doesn't open any doors because this community was promised this 40 years ago. This community has been in this city for 40 years, and they deserve the opportunity to have sewer lines. I mean, it, it's not, it's, it's, it's not going to open a door for any, anybody else to come and do it. We're actually doing it for economic development anyway. We're doing it for other people anyway. This community stands on its own. It's not tied to anybody else's because of the fact that it's a promise that the city made and we're just simply cashing the check. If I could ask you a follow-up question, you understand, I think you probably have been on the Water and Sewer Committee, people pay property taxes, but that money does not go into Water and Sewer funds. Water and Sewer is an enterprise account. So anything that we do is comes out of the uh, water and sewer enterprise fund. It doesn't come out of the general fund. We don't mix those funds. Are you making uh, the assumption that forward we're going to start using? No, I'm not making any. I'm not making any assumptions at all. I simply ask that the manager find the money to do the job, whether we do it with taxpayer money or whether we do it with water sewer money. It doesn't matter. The thing is, is that these people deserve that opportunity. Now, if you have a problem with them having sewer lines, tell them that. One final comment. When we met two weeks ago, 
we annexed a mobile home park out on McHenry Drive, and every trailer out there is on septic. Annexed it into the city. And after that meeting was over with, and I was the only nobody, after that meeting was over with, the owner of that mobile home park said, why did you vote no? And I said, because of sewer. I know the cost of developing sewer for that mobile home park. You, are you going to make a, a, a motion now that we run sewer to that mobile home park? No, I'm not, because that sewer, that mobile home park was not promised sewer lines 40 years ago. That mobile home park understood when they came in that they were coming in under those conditions that they are, that already exist. Now, if, again, if we're not going to support citizens who've been in this city for 40 years because we can't, uh, because of recent annexations, then again, I ask you to tell these people that they don't deserve to be, to have sewer lines in that, that subdivision. It's, it's got nothing to do with anything else. It doesn't have to do with any other subdivision. This is a sub separate incident. This incident is <coughs> simply because it, they were promised this 40 years ago, and they have not, they, they, we have not realized that promise. I've been on city commission for eight years, and my eighth year on the city commission, the, the Shiro Hills issue, this is the first time I've heard about it. We talked about I it. I heard about it 40 years ago. It is an election year. It, 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 does not, it does not matter whether it's an election year or not. The question is, do these people have the right, or should they be given the right to, to, to connect to the sewer line? That's it. It doesn't have anything and and they did they have paid for it. They have paid. They've been paying water. They've been they've been they've been sitting city water and um, customers for 40 years. They have not had the opportunity to pay sewer line uh, sewer costs because they have not been connected to it. We you keep asking me about what if what if what if that's like saying what if the world ends tomorrow. But the thing is is that either we we either we provide them with sewer lines or you explain to them why they don't deserve it. I'm all for doing it, but I think people should pay just like we treat everybody else. If you're all for doing it, let's vote. I call for the vote, Madam Mayor. So, so I can't predict the outcome of this vote, but I will say that Julio Hills has a lot of spirit and uh, you, have, you sent an impressive team. Okay, uh, Mr. Clark, if you will, could you call the roll, please? Commissioner, <coughs> Commissioner Cochran. Yes. Bojo. No. Beeman. I probably own two. Um, I probably own two houses out there, so I have to recuse myself. Commissioner Dawes. No. Quick. No. Ask you. Yes. Collins. No. Daniel. No. Mayor, we, yes, four, no vote. So we'll end up with a, with a tie, four to four. So you have to have five? Take five. Take five. Vote tie, four. Four. Okay. So How do you vote, Mayor? I think it's a tie, four to four. Uh, okay. So uh, there's no, yeah, no action. We have to have five. I mean, don't check that vote because. I have, go through again. I have uh, Commissioner Cochran as a yes. 
I have Commissioner Bojo as a no. Commissioner Beeman as an abstention, abstain. Commissioner Doss is a no. Commissioner Quick is a no. Commissioners Askew and Collins is both yes. No, Collins was an abstain. I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> I, I heard him say yes. I'm sorry, that's my bad. No, you heard me say abstain, okay? That, that's what I he said abstain. Said. I, I'm he said abstain. Abstain. And then uh, Commissioner McDaniel, no. So finally, we had the three yes, four no, two abstain. So motion. No action. Okay. No, a no action taken. Do you, I think, do you want to mention, you still going to take that? Okay. I mean, I'll defer to Commissioner Bojo if we want to talk about that. If we want to discuss this further, what it says. Yeah, we can, <coughs> excuse me, we can discuss this further. As a matter of fact, at the last meeting, the, the uh, um, excuse me, the initial cost of, I think it was around 3.2 million. And uh, that was a few months back. And I think now the cost is closer to 6 million to do that work down there. I'm not saying that that can't be done. I'm just saying that what we're going to do, I'll get back with water and sewer. And um, even if we have to have a call meeting, and what we will do is find out exactly how many people will hook on with the cost that is, that is involved and just uh, take it from there. To, we'll, we will get an actual cost and hopefully get a cost locked into what it would take to uh, run the sewer down there. Um, like I said, I, I, I'm not even sure the 3.2 million was a bona fide cost at the that time. That was an estimate, that's correct. I'm sorry? That was an estimate. It was an estimate. So we can go back and, and get a firm price, and then we can get back to everybody. Uh, I'm not saying that it won't happen, and I'm not saying that it will happen, but we can take that and get a firm price, and um, then we'll, we'll take it from there and get back to everybody in Chulio Hills and get the – we can't do it without a firm price because we could have voted yes at – Two million and end up costing eight million, and then we'd have been in a mess. So, we'll take this back, Mr. Manager, to the water and sewer, and um, then we'll get back to everybody. So this is saying that every homeowner, every person that owns land in Trio Hills, will get a notice. Yeah, we're what, what we'll do is we talked about this is canvassing every homeowner down there. Uh, not necessarily, I don't know, is there any rental properties down there? There are. Uh, we'll, we'll contact the homeowners and uh, find out. We'll get hopefully a more firm price. I do know that the tap fees are $1,800. But depending on how close or how far your home sits from the road will depend on how much the line is going to cost from the sewer to, to the home. And that could be upwards of three to $5,000, depending on where your house actually sits to where the line is going to be. So we can take that on in water and sewer, and hopefully, well, how much time do you think it would take? A month? Maybe Six 30 weeks? days to... 30, 30 to 45 days sufficient. to get that, because um, we do have a company that comes in and does those, um, sets the price on that, to do, does the measurements and things like that. We'll just have to see when they're available to come in. And 
that that should just about cover it. Unless, Mr. Manager, you got something you want no, to add? No, sir. I think that's very adequate. Okay. Thank you. Madam Mayor, that's that's all. Okay. Thank you very much. So, we'll, so just to recap, uh, all the homeowners should get a notice within 30 to 45 days for everybody from Tree Hill Hills uh, from the study. You'll be invited. Am I right to the uh, oh, water yeah. sewer? Okay. Right. You'll be be invited to the water sewer meeting and discussion on uh, extending sewage to Trio Hills. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for being here tonight. Please stay. We, we want you to stay here and listen to, to the rest of our meeting, but we appreciate it very much. Thank School you. board issue, right? Okay. Yes. Thank you. Um, our next thing, okay, we'll take a few minutes for those that do want to leave. Just a couple minutes. Tell me your address. I know you've been down to our office. I remember. What's your address? That's a good name. What's the address? What's your address, sir? I don't know. Six. Yeah. So they're doing the same.
Madam Mayor, yes. uh, next on the agenda are the resolutions, and I know in caucus you, uh, the commission had me explain, uh, and I'll begin first with the uh, resolution to authorize the issuance of up to $120 million in school bonds. Prior to tonight's meeting, the Rome Building Authority, uh, which was uh, had been established and reestablished by local legislation in 2019, the Rome Building Authority consists of the mayor of the city of Rome, the superintendent of the school system, and the city manager of the city of Rome. And the three of, the three of them met, uh, properly met earlier, and passed a bond resolution uh, to approve uh, an aggregate principal in an amount not to exceed $120 million for the purpose of providing funds uh, to finance certain capital outlay, which is for the Rome Middle uh, School. Uh, the City Commission, as, uh, as the process would go, is the City Commission now has before it uh, a resolution to approve an intergovernmental agreement, uh, an intergovernmental agreement with the Rome Building Authority, and then additionally there would be an intergovernmental agreement entered into with the Rome City Schools. Um, the bond resolution which was passed is a parameters bond resolution, and by that means that it is not to exceed $120 million. Uh, there will be a supplemental bond resolution that will, that will occur on October the 23rd. Uh, that is after the bonds have been validated, uh, assuming that the uh, bond resolution in this passes tonight, and assuming that the bonds are then uh, priced out uh, on October the 9th at the guaranteed maximum price approval. Uh, Raymond James is the uh, finance group that is putting this together. Mr. Camp is here. And so the process would be, since the Rome Building Authority has approved the bond resolution for tonight, you approve the resolution which approves the form of the two intergovernmental agreements uh, approving to move forward uh, with the bond resolution and authorizing Rome Building Authority to issue those bonds. The school system will meet tomorrow to approve the intergovernmental agreement between the school system and the city of Rome. Uh, and then on Wednesday, assuming all is passed, we will go to court then to seek to validate the bonds. 
and as I said, after the validation process, <coughs> the bonds will be priced and then sold. And the final supplemental bond will be brought to you, as I said, on October 23rd with the final numbers, knowing what the interest rate and all is. Uh, this is a bond. It includes, as the city commission and the school board had discussed, of $103 million, plus we included the $17 million that comes from the state system that the school system had negotiated so that it shows not to exceed that $120 million. And I'll be glad to answer any questions. Mr. Camp is here to take the podium and answer any questions about the financing. So at this time, I'll entertain a motion to approve and authorize the issuance of up to $120 million in school bonds to approve the intergovernmental agreement between the city of Rome and the Rome Bill. You do it in one, right? Okay. Okay. Bill Move to approve. I second it. I have, okay. I have a motion and a second. Okay. Discussion. Coming from anyone on my right. If I could ask Mr. Camp a question. We talked about this. Mr. Camp, if you would please go to the podium. Thank you, sir. We talked about this in caucus. Um, we've, and we've been talking about the school bond package. There's an education lost package passed for about $53 million, somewhere in that range, and then the state was going to get $17 million, or $70 million. Um, and then we have a bond proposal that is in the $120 million range. The actual projections for the borrowing are more around $100 million. Yes, sir. Because of the state money that would be applied to the cost of placement. And that's basically a 20-year obligation. Yes, sir. And it's going to require three more education uh, plus packages to pass. That is correct. Yes, and sir. if any of those don't pass, then it, the burden comes back to the city of Rome, and there's a possibility we could have uh, a five to eight mil tax increase. The levy would be enforced, yes, sir. So included in the package, it's more than just classrooms, substantially more. And I understand the need for capacity because we're going to grow. And, and uh, Dr. Holland, um, I'm your biggest fan. I think you do a fantastic job. I'm hugely impressed with you. Um, <coughs> I'm concerned about the financial burden to the taxpayers of the city of Rome. And there are some other expenses in terms of transportation access and roads and things of that nature. Can you explain that there will be no additional expense to the city of Rome beyond uh, the bond package? I cannot speak to that, sir. I may jump in. I, I just, if I could say one more thing, I'd be really comfortable comfortable voting for a seventy million dollar school bond package, which the voters approve. The voters have not approved what you're asking us to approve. 
and we're assuming that the voters going forward are going to vote for an education supplies on three more occasions. I think it handcuffs the citizens of the city of Rome. I don't think it's fair. It puts the city commission in a bad position because we look like the bad guys. We look like people who do not support the school system, and nothing could be <clears throat> further from the truth. I just think this is not prudent financially to put this burden on the taxpayers of the city of Rome. I'm good with a $70 million bond package. If I may, Madam Mayor. Yes. Mr. Superintendent, I say to you first of all, you're not the only one sitting in that superintendent's seat that came before us and asked for uh, these bonds to be passed on the pass. And I can tell you, we have a great history here in the city of Rome for us passing East Washes. I can tell you that a lot of citizens out there, moms and dads and ch these here fine children from the kindergarten all the way up to the 12th grade, appreciate you being, talking about a big cheerleader for them. You are, and we greatly appreciate you trying to provide the best, not only of education, but this school of excellence in which you head up, but also for a nice place for them to actually go and further their education. You, I heard you talk about artists and all the other amenities that these children should have the opportunity to participate in. And you hear some of them up here say, hey, you don't need none of that. Just keep what you got. But at the same time now, They'll tell you that they're bringing about around four to 5,000 more rooftops to this hit. Put them in trailers. You don't deserve anything anymore. Man, come on. Mr. Superintendent, you should feel really great, you and your board, about what you're doing. And some of us up here believe in you. And we believe in the Rome City School Mission. Man, come on. That being scared to death by talking about throwing this back on the tax player, you go to Cartersville, you go to these other cities, they got three and four splashes coming down the road. Some of the studies we had that reached out more than 20 years to pay for these schools because these people want their best. You know, Rome, <laughs> we all used to really stand for something. Wrong folk to be the best. You, you, you hear what I'm saying, don't you? Oh, my God. But take us back. Take us back. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. Come on, man. We, as citizens of the city of Rome, we still like to be the best at what we do. And these kids deserve, they deserve the best. He ain't even, they, they've already sliced that budget. Cut out things like some of the other schools have of opportunity for swimming pools, etc. We live in inner city, got three rivers, and we can't even teach our kids. Man, a lot. Cut it back. I'm for one, I am the cheerleader, man. 
anyone else on my right? Madam Mayor, we're, we're worried about how much this school is going to cost. We're worried about a lot of different things. But the question that you have to ask yourself is, how much is a good education worth? We're, we're simply talking, we're just asking. I mean, our kids are going to be resources for us in the future. They're going to be the ones who sit in these seats. They're going to be the ones who work for the city. They're going to be the ones who, who work in the hospitals, in the, in the um, in our police department, our fire department. And when we start looking to shortchange them, because we are afraid of what a good education will cost. And we shot ourselves in the foot. We're looking at building a new police station that doesn't have all of the federal and state guidelines that a school has, and it's gonna cost us $22 million. And yet we're wanting to scrimp on building a new school. We're worried about what it's going to cost us as far as property taxes for, gonna, for the next 20 years. And the funny thing about it is that we're not even sure we're going to wake up in the morning. We're building apartments over, over single-family homes, and basically that's stacking people on top of people. And if we look at what's going on in the major cities where they have stacked people on top of people, part of the problem is education. We're not educating our young people to be those good citizens that they that we require to operate this city. We're not require we're not teaching them to be property owners, homeowners. We don't care about that. We can spend $22 million for a police station, but we can't spend hundred million for education. I think that's a sad statement of affairs for this city. It's very difficult though to explain to taxpayers and justify a hundred and twenty million dollars when our neighbors in Bartow County did it for forty eight million. So I want to paint a picture right now, and the picture that I want you to visualize is one high school, one, one middle school, but eight 
elementary schools. We came to you when I was on the school board and we asked for a sixth grade academy. Where is it? We came to you and we said, we've got growth in the middle school. That's seventh and eighth graders. And we put trailers out at a school that's been existence for years. So now Dr. Holland has inherited the growth. He's, a, he's inherited the anxiety. He's inherited the mental health. He's inherited that we're now saying we need more housing in this city. So we're pushing growth. But then our kids, and he stated it, and he said it so eloquently, that our kids now are having to go to other schools and other counties to even participate in a sport because we can't accommodate them. So is it fair to our children? We build brand new houses and say, look, this is wrong. We want you to love where you live. But yet still we want to pack you in a, a $70 million school and put trailers out there. One high school compared to two. One middle school compared to two. Eight elementary schools that are growing out the yin-yang because we're watching them now with new development taking place and new construction. So we tell our kids, we'll give you a smaller school, we'll pack you in it, we'll take away all your services, all the extracurricular activities, and we want you to watch us build trailers. Beautiful picture. So we're about to embark on building the most expensive school in the history of Rome and Floyd County. And to say, you know, we're scrimping is, I think that's wrong. Um, I think Dr. Holland knows I'm struggling with the, the expense of a $25 million sports complex for a middle school. And I'm struggling with the fact that we're going to pay 50 million dollars in interest over the next 20 years. Um, I, I, I love our school system, but I do pay attention to the bottom line and I think we're, you know, taking on a lot and I don't think it hurts to take a second look. What's the rush? I know I, I, Dr. Holland's been very patient, but this is a pretty big deal. Thank you. Anyone else on my left? Madam, Madam Mayor, before we leave here, just a quick observation. Uh, you know, politics plays a role in everything, and I hate to come in behind this here commissioner says to my left on all this stuff, but I really don't like to get off into any politics or be part of it, divide. But some of those pictures sometimes just play itself out. And it is what it is. So, you know, we could have probably just sit up here without having any of this conversation and just vote it out. But Bill Mouth is way too big to just let things go. So I just want you guys to know that probably I'll be wrestling, arm wrestling with Craig when we leave here or whatever. You know? <laughs> It ain't about that. Politics is what it is. We fight if it's showed out there that we see a member of the public like we up here fighting or scuffling or something of the kind. It ain't about that. Those, that picture's intended.
agree with that. If I could just follow up. Um, I've known this man right here for about 56 years. We went to school together and we served together in the community in a lot of ways. Um, and we fussed each other sometimes, but we're friends. And on some things we disagree. I don't say this about the Rome City Commission. We have gotten an image this year that we don't get along at all. But if you go back and look at the Rome City Commission this year, in most instances, we vote unanimously. I mean, we all get along. We agree on most things. There are some issues we don't agree on. And when we don't agree, it's not a personal situation. It's just where I, th I think in this situation here, if the voters had approved a $100 million school or $120 million school, then I'd be good with that. But the voters didn't do that. And there's not a single member of the school board. There's not a single member of the Rome City Commission. Uh, probably 80% of the faculty in the Rome City Schools will be gone. And then 20 years from now, we still have a financial obligation. And we're going to net some capacity for new students because we're going to grow. The growth is going to come because of us or in spite of us, but the growth is going to, going to come. And um, I, I think where I am on this, and I, I come from a background where I was involved in building a lot of education buildings. I never, we were not allowed to build a building that cost more than the money we had to build. If it was going to be, if I got $15 million when I was president of college, if I got $15 million to build a building, I didn't go out and quote a $30 million building. I had to build a $15 million building. There's got to be accountability there. And I think the city commission is beholding to more than just the Rome City Schools. We're beholding to every citizen in the city of Rome. And I think this is an obligation that I feel uncomfortable in, um, in taking a vote for that amount of money. I'd be willing to look at 70 million. That's what's been approved by the voters. If you could scale it down and you came back and it was $80 million, I think we could look at that. But I think this is a situation here where it's, uh, it's kind of like the gift that keeps on giving. We don't know what the total cost is going to be. And you got kids in the second and third grade. They're going to have this financial burden when they graduate high school and get a job. I just don't think that's right. Let's correct that on that. Madam Mayor, before Cartersville City Schools has 4,177 students in the entire school system. So if they built a school for $48 million, consider that we have almost that many students at Rome High. We have almost that, and we will be serving almost that many students at the Rome Middle School. So if they build a school for $48 million, that's not for the, for the, uh, with the same capacity that we're talking about building for a Rome Middle School. When we start talking about, if we're gonna compare, let's compare apples to apples, um, let's 
understand that if we're going to talk about what, who's going to pay for this school, if we're paying for it in 20 years, those kids who are in second grade, they will be paying for this school. So if they get a good education and they get a good job, then they will be able to pay for this school. Mr. Camp and the, okay, and your, your uh, superintendent Howell. I work for all of you and everybody on the board of ed, and we've met and we've discussed this a lot. And I just want to reinforce a few points, and then I'll yield the floor to you. $54 million lines up with a five-year sales tax. If we could have voted a longer slot, we would. But Georgia law only allows us to vote sales tax that at its most goes for five years. If the project can be financed for less, I don't mean to speak for the doc, but I'm sure he would rather borrow less money. Um, and a multi-year, a multi-slot financing, he mentioned Cartersville, that can be done with a bond issue that stretch out over the period of one slot. This is not trailblazing, this is not out of the ordinary. And so, is there a risk? It's a very good question. Is the sales tax gonna be sufficient to pay the first five years? We think so, but we don't know. Right? That's why we have this intergovernmental contract in place, because we can't sell bonds to investors without a means to pay them back for sure. And the other thing is, every five years, your voters are gonna be asked to approve a slot, and a good portion of that sales tax money is going go towards previously incurred debt. Rome's got a great history. You're in slot six now, or about to be capital in slot six. In the state of Georgia, when a sales tax is voted to pay previously incurred GO debt for a school district, I am not aware of one ever failing. So that's, it is a risk, yes sir. And it is a good question to ask, what's the worst case scenario? But just understand, the plan is to continue past national loss. Yes, sir. Thank you. Dr. Holland. Uh, <coughs> Madam Chair, uh, City Commissioners, I know we, we've been talking about this for a while, uh, but I do think it's fair that I just kind of address a few concerns that I heard today. Number one, you can't compare one city to Rose County. Uh, number two, please don't let a test score your vision on how well our kids perform. Last I checked, we had 110 AP starters, and that was more than five schools in the county combined. Um, our kids are highly educated. We do serve 2,300 kids at the high school, and our school demographic is totally different than Darlington and Florida County, so I don't think that's a fair assessment. Number two, I would never compare a kid to a test score. Uh, I'm in the building every single day, and I've been in education for 24 years, and I can tell you our kids deserve everybody in this room. Now you guys got a tough decision, I understand. Commissioner Dobbs, I truly understand your concerns. Commissioner McDaniel, I truly understand your concerns. Commissioner Quick, I truly understand your concerns. I'm not getting into the numbers piece because that's a decision y'all got to make. But when I came here on September 3rd, this is not a want building, this is a need building. Mm -hmm. And the gentleman that spoke was absolutely right. Building doesn't equal student achievement people. The, the building attracts people. Uh, literacy is everybody's responsibility. So if we start to talk about our children and $103 million, and I know everybody understands what's best for our kids, and this building 
may or may not equal a raise of test score, but it's not about a test score. Mm -hmm. It's about children. It's about saying we are a quality academic, athletic, in the arts. And I got a student advisory council of 25 middle school kids, and the number one question is, well, when are we gonna get started on the middle school? When you see these kids and they ask them questions, why do we gotta travel 11 hours to go perform at Show Choir? Why do our baseball teams have to go to Lake Point to play a baseball game? There's not a single dollar sign you can put on the question that these kids have. And I'm the one that's responsible answering those questions. I get it, I understand the $103 million, I understand the commitment, I've said this before. There's nine city commissioners in here and I've been watching you guys since 2017. There's one thing you guys got, and that's influence. There were, there, you guys have the biggest influence in anybody in this community, and leadership's all about influence. There's not a single spot that won't get passed with the leadership in this room. So I'm not concerned about that. And this, the citizen needs to know that property taxes, I meant the East Block doesn't, doesn't raise taxes. So the school is paid for the penny on the dollar. So when you go eat locally, you are actually help building that school. So let's, let's, let's don't get that twisted. And we're not spending $25 million on a football complex. It's all of the arts, it's CTA. Our mission at Rome City Schools is for kids to be prepared for college and work. So we are putting, based off what I've seen, we put things in this building that will give our kids just an opportunity to be successful. And it's not about a test score. Anybody focused on a test score is missing the big picture. I come from the projects, I understand. I didn't pass a single assessment in high school. I got six degrees, but I came from a building in which the teacher cared, the principal cared, the coach cared, the community cared. And when we get down to making the decision, I know you guys got a tough decision, but please don't have your busy clouded with politics. Please think about the conversation I have with 25 kids that I'm gonna have Thursday at 3.30. And the number one question is, Dr. Holler, when are they gonna start building our school? So if you guys make this tough decision, I want you to always remember we do this for the children, and I get it. $100 million is a big, big bill to bite. And I understand some of us didn't have any control of that, but we're here now. Uh, we've been talking about this for a long time, uh, but I want to make sure when you talk about Floyd County and Rome City and Darlington, we're not talking apples to apples. Our kids come from a whole background, and I, we love them all. And we'll put our best kids against anybody's best kid, but we want to be the best. Anybody know me? <laughs> it's about the best. And you can't put a dollar sign on that. So I'm not giving you no motivation speech, I'm giving you the truth. Lip service is over with. It's about leadership and influence. Thank you. Okay, and discussion on Madam Madam Mayor, I didn't obviously yeah. if, if it's okay. Um, so I, I had a I had a discussion to or I had a chance to talk with a couple of constituents today and uh, I hear you I know your concerns I share your concerns um, nobody is happy with a cost of this school there is not a single person in here who would want to spend one more dollar or dime than they absolutely have to to get everything we need nobody's happy with the cost of this school I found today um, an article where West Carrollton built 424,000 square feet and it cost them $153 million, $338 a square foot. We're roughly 280. You count the cafeteria, which has to have the storm shutters and everything, that's $400 a square foot. But nobody's happy with the cost of construction right now. 
Nobody's happy with the cost of milk and bread right now. Nobody's happy with the cost of most anything right now. Um, Dr. Holland, correct me if I'm wrong, but at this point, it has been expressed to the Department of Education that we are taking the $17 million, and there is essentially no going back from that. Is that correct? We'd lose the $17 million. Okay, so if we did that, we would have to look at spending $54 million on upgrading the current campus where Rome Middle School is to add sixth grade. I might be wrong, but I think the Department of Education has minimal square foot requirements. So if you move all those sixth graders onto that campus, that automatically triggers that the cafeteria has to get bigger. That automatically triggers that the library has to get bigger. That automatically triggers several other things, which then triggers that you have to redo the whole school and bring it up to code because the cafeteria and the library, guess what? They're right in the heart of where that school is. Could you do that for $54 million? I don't think so. I'm not sure. Uh, the architects did look at trying to keep it on campus and I think it came back at $90 million is either 83 or 90 million dollars but if you do that you lose the 17 million and at that point there's 10 million dollars difference between going across the street and building a brand new school or staying on the existing campus and getting it three quarters of the way there i'm not happy with the cost of the school i'm not happy with the cost of the bond that nothing against you bill um uh, no offense and bill is tired of me because we were out there in the lobby talking for 10 minutes about how to structure this bond to save everybody money. Um, there were some decisions made that forced all of our hands here. And nobody is necessarily happy with those decisions. They were made before the, before the current superintendent got in. Um, and that's not to... That's not to waylay the, the previous superintendent, but some decisions were made based on the cost of money at the time and what we thought we could build the building for. It turns out not to be the case. Um, I don't know what to do because most likely I'm the fifth vote. Y'all know that. It's no surprise been biting my fingernails over this thing for nine months. Um, I don't know. Um, at the end of the day, I think it, it, it's going to revolve around, in, in my mind, which is jumbled in a mess, um, I think it revolves around listening to the people who voted for the ELOS, listening to the voters who put in the Board of Ed that we currently have. We shouldn't even be in this discussion. We're a pass-through. I don't know why we're here. I don't know why we're talking about this. The citizens of Rome elected a fantastic Board of Education. They voted on this ELOS, and granted there might have been some confusion about whether it was $54 million, or $100 million, I get that. I'm not happy with that either. Um, I don't think there was anything malicious in it. I just don't think the state requires anybody to say that it's going to take multiple swaps. Do I think we'll pay it? I think we'll pay every bit of it. 
I don't think we're going to have any trouble doing that whatsoever. Um, anyway, y'all heard me ramble enough. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Clark, if you would please call the roll. Yes. No. Yes. No. No. Yes. Thank you. Moving on uh, from Mr. Clark, <coughs> first reading. Yes, ma'am. We have three items tonight that are going on first reading, all coming from the Planning Commission, and they're all rezoning. Uh, the first is the rezone property at, at 1145 North Broad Street from community commercial to neighborhood office commercial. Why don't we wait just a minute? Do we not have to vote on those resolutions separately? Was that was that to vote on all three? Yeah, no, all three. Yeah, he said I'll, I'll do all together. Okay, okay, going back to our, our first readings, we do have three. They're all rezonings. The first involves 1145 North Broad Street, and the request is to rezone this property from community commercial to neighborhood office commercial. The second is a request for property located at 1314 East 2nd Avenue, and the request is to rezone this property from community commercial to high-density traditional residential. And finally, we have the rezoning request for 840 Turner McCall Boulevard and 715 West 2nd Street. That's two separate parcels. And the request is to rezone these two parcels from community commercial to urban mixed use. Uh, the Planning Commission is recommended unanimously to approve all three, and we will have a public hearing two weeks from tonight on September 25th. Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay. 
There's nothing on second reading, nothing continued on first reading. There are no public hearings. Mr. Clark? No report, Madam Mayor. Thank you, sir. Mr. Manager? No report, Madam Mayor. Mr. Attorney? Madam Mayor, I have one other item, uh, and that is the approval of a settlement agreement with DuPont, Comores, and Corteva, uh, which is in the water case. Uh, and under the terms of the settlement agreement, um, I can't disclose the amount. And as I related to the caucus in uh, earlier, around 5 o'clock tonight, DuPont, Comores, and Corteva filed a declaratory judgment in Superior Court seeking to protect the amount of the uh, settlement agreement under trade secret exception under the open records. We've been served with a, a motion for injunction and, de and declaratory judgment, and we'll have a hearing probably within 10 days. Uh, but the City Commission can go ahead and ratify the settlement agreement, and what I would ask is that the City Commission proceed with ratifying the settlement agreement. We just won't be able to disclose it in public. Okay, thank you. At this time, I'll entertain a motion. Motion to proceed. Okay, I have second. a motion. I have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Okay, seeing that Mr. Clark is here, call the roll. Commissioner Cochran? Yes. Bogo? Yes. Beeman? Yes. Doss? Yes. Quick? Yes. Askew? Yes. Collins? Yes. Yes. Okay, thank you. Under my time, the Bronx Board Development Authority will meet Tuesday, September 19th at uh, 10 o'clock a.m. at 800 Broad Street, and it is open to uh, the public. Also under my time, uh, earlier today, we went into private time, so um, Commissioner Doss made the, to discuss litigation and there um, no action taken. To go into private time, Commissioner Dowes uh, made the motion. It was seconded by um, Commissioner Quick. And to come out of private time, it was motioned by Commissioner Dowes and, and seconded by Commissioner Quick. And both those were voted on unanimously. Okay, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Cochran. Thank you, Madam Mayor. The Health Board Committee will meet Thursday, September the 14th at 12 o'clock p.m. at the Floyd County Health Department. And that's all I have. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Commissioner Bojo. I have no report. Thank you, sir. Commissioner Beeman. Um, due to the uh, city commissioners <clears throat> meeting that we were unable to to attend the meetings for Keep Rome Floyd Beautiful, so there's been a change. So the Keep Rome Floyd Beautiful Commission will meet Thursday, September the 28th at 4 o'clock p.m. at the Floyd County Administration Building. And also up under Public Works and Transit Committee, the Public Works Committee will meet Wednesday, September 13th at 10 o'clock a.m. in the Sam King Room. And that concludes my report, Madam Mayor. Thank you, Mayor. Commissioner um, Dawes. Thank you, Mayor. I just want to encourage everyone to uh, use our trail system. It's a great time of year to get out and get some exercise. It's good for you. doesn't cost anything. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Commissioner Quick. Just one meeting announcement. Madam Mayor, the Downtown Development Authority will meet Thursday, September 14th, 8.30 in the Carnegie Training Room. And that completes my report. Thank you, sir. Commissioner Askew. The Fire Overview Committee will meet tomorrow at 10.30 uh, in the Sam King Room. And then the Public Safety Committee will meet on Tuesday, September 19th at 2 p.m. in the Sam King Room. 
and that's my report. Thank you, sir. Commissioner Collins. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Just one committee, uh, committee meeting report. That's the Historical Preservation Committee will reappoint, I put this in the form of a motion to reappoint Mr. Logan Boss, as well as Pam, Pamela Blaylock. Second. Okay, I have a motion and a second to reappoint Ms. Uh, Mr. Boss and Mr. Blaylock. Well, do I have any discussion? Commissioner Cochran? Yes. Bojo? Yes. Beeman? Yes. Dahl? Yes. Quick? Yes. Askew? Yes. Collins? Yes. McDaniel? Yes. I will say the clerk office stands openly and ready to, to accept any application to serve on any of our committees via volunteer office. And the historical preservation, one of the requirements, Bryce, would you come to the podium and share with us what that committee, and we are seeking at least two more, is that right, Mr. Clerk? Bryce, I believe y'all have a couple vacancies on there now. I know one potential vacancy is actually going to stay with you, I believe. You're correct, yes, that's Jan Cameron Evans. So we're down to one? So, yes, sir. Okay. Go ahead, Bryce. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Just share with us exactly what the requirements by the state as well as locally to serve on that committee. If I remember correctly, the requirements are that you're either a property owner in the district or property owner in the district or forgive me, I'm drawing a blank. I think a business owner. Business I think owner. we have a provision for an architect. Something yes. specific, uh, more specific than most of our other committees. Correct. Yes, it does have a higher requirement, higher threshold. That's all I need. Thank you so much, yes, sir, <laughs> Mr. Director. But we do have a lot of a lot of committees that we ask the people if they're interested in serving on some of these committees, like downtown development, et cetera, et cetera, that they would please seek out an application, get it into the clerk, you put it on file. And you get off to the state what your interest is in the times of the day that you could possibly serve. Thank you. That's all I have, Madam Mayor. Thank you, Mr. Commissioner. Okay, Commissioner McDaniel. Thank you, Madam Mayor. The Alcoholic Control Commission will meet Monday, September the 18th at 5 p.m. in the Commission Chambers. Northwest Georgia Regional Commission will meet on Thursday, September 21st at 11 a.m. in Bronson Civic Center or Appalachian Civic Center. Floyd Parks and Recreation will meet Tuesday, September the 19th at 12 p.m. at the Thank you, sir. And I want to tell you all that have stayed to the end, I want to say thank you all for joining us tonight. With that, we are adjourned. Have a good night. Got a bunch of stuff.